வெல்கம் டு கிரியேட்டிங் வெல் த்ரூ பேசிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் பாட்காஸ்ட் இன் திஸ் ஷோ வி வில் டிஸ்கஸ் அபவுட் பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் வர்ஸ்ட் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அபவுட் பேசிவ் அண்ட் ஆக்டிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் ஐ ஆம் யுவர் ஹோஸ்ட் ராமகிருஷ்ணா லெஸ் பிகின் த ஷோ The Multifamily AP360 Virtual Summit is bringing together today's leading multifamily investors, professionals and operators for two days of learning and networking on March 18-19 of 2022. Tickets are available at multifamilyap360.com. I hope to see you there. Today's our guest is Marshall Sykes from Capitano Investing Group. LLC. Welcome, Marshall. Thank you, Ram. It's great to be here. Sure. Thank you very much. A little bit about Marshall. Marshall is a real estate investor, having grown up in a real estate development and investing family. He has 30 years of construction project management and asset management experience with careers in the Navy Civil Engineer Corps and at ExxonMobil. He is a retired Navy captain, having served 24 years in the military. He and his wife, Cindy are now limited partners and general partners over like 3,000 units. With that, Marshall, you want to add anything to your background? Well, I think one of the things that was interesting for me on my background is in the civil, I was in the Navy Civil Engineer Corps in the Navy, and um, we, did, we did big construction projects. But one of the ones that was really interesting to me was I was stationed at Camp Pendleton as a commander, and it was at the height of the Iraqi war. And we were trying to um, do a lot more for the troops, and we we ended up getting a lot of funding for basically multifamily projects. And so I had a, a $1.5 billion worth of uh, multifamily projects that I was working, uh, I was in charge of. We were planning and constructing over 8,000 uh, units of multifamily property. Uh, okay. So which, which market is that? And so what is the, you know, end goal? That was that? In, so that's the Camp Pendleton is in Southern California. Got it. Got it. And w- would you share, uh, would you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, your experience on um, uh, strategic planning and managing like uh, large scale construction projects? Yeah. So that, that kind of got me going on the large scale because we were doing $5 billion worth of work overall. And the, um, And the multifamily units was $1.5 billion of that. And I, that was a particular focus area for me because the general was uh, very interested in us improving the uh, product that, that we would uh, build and you know, making it a community, making each of the barracks or multifamily units a community so that people really wanted to live there. And that, so we, we had a little team, we put together a team and kind of got the best of the uh, best for across the military. And, and it really improved the units. Uh, it was amazing when we had a ribbon cutting on our first one, we had the secretary of defense there for installation and uh, environment. And um, he was, so it was just amazing to see the troops, uh, the Marines had been over, in Afghanistan and Iraq multiple times to be able to live in such a nice, uh, nice amenity uh, and be able to call it home. Got it. Yeah. And I think it's easy for you to know seamless process from, sh- from uh, shifting from Navy to, you know, multifamily space. So would you share any, any of your limiting beliefs? Yeah. So, you know, the limiting beliefs I think can happen to anybody, right? It's uh Part of it is, I think, not knowing what's out there and what's no, knowing what's possible. And the other part 
I think it's uh, so we had to get kind of get educated on that. For me, I had to get educated. The other part was what how easy it was to kind of work in a team. I think that part of me was that was a limiting factor for me, even though I was from the project world where you work as a team. It doing multifamily was kind of a little bit. I, I had to really kind of rethink that team atmosphere because you're not in an organization. Everybody's not in the same organization. You're you might have partners from five or six different um, their own entities, right? And so you have to kind of come together and and work as a team, even though you're not in the same organization, um, like a like a job would be. Got it. So, what are the key lessons you learned now working in a team environment now? In, within multifamily, you mean? Yes. So, so I'd say some of the key things I've learned in multifamily is that people are willing to help you. Um, not only within the team that you might be on, but outside of the team, they they want you to succeed. I think I think there's really an abundance mindset in the community from in the greater community for multifamily. Every time I go to a conference, uh, every time I interact with others, the abundance mindset is very very uh, clear to me. So I think one is it's the key lessons is tap into the people that you know or want to get to know. And uh, learn from them, learn from the what's, who you see as knowledgeable and experienced in the space. I think another one probably for me is, uh, I think joining a group really helped me out. Uh, I joined Think Multifamily with Mark Kenny about nine months ago. And it was really, uh, it, it, provides, it provided the structure for me and the, uh, the, the relationships and the network to be able to go faster in multifamily. And it really has paid off for me. Um, so I think those are the two big things I, I've learned. Great. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And would you share your investment philosophy, Marshall? So I think for me, it you know, I grew up, uh, my dad had retired from the army. He, I was and I was probably not even, I was probably eight when he retired. He had decided that he didn't really want to work uh, a W-2. And so he wanted to work for himself, basically. He wanted to be an entrepreneur. So he learned the building trade uh, over the next couple of years. And then he sparked, started his own building company, basically. Uh, he would build two houses at a time and he would sell one to live off of and then keep one as a rental. So my mom also helped him on the job site. And I learned, and his desk was in the middle of our living room, basically, or in our living room. So uh, I learned at night, I learned the business side of it just by listening to them talk. And during the day, of course, in the summertime, we all worked on the job site as well. So I kind of learned that trade. In fact, we even did a, um, one, one was a fourplex that we actually did as well. And we still have that fourplex in our family today, uh, 40 years later. So I think the, my investment philosophy kind of stems from that. Just learning that the, his, his philosophy, my dad's philosophy was that you needed sources of income in your retirement. And for me, that's what my focus was initially in getting into single family rentals. Um, some 20 years ago, I got into those. And so I built up a portfolio of, I don't know, roughly 10 houses. And but then I realized about three years ago that there's probably a little faster way to go with multifamily, a little bit uh, maybe more uh, more return on investment. So I started kind of doing analysis between the two and figured out that I probably need to spend a little bit more. I needed to kind of 
reposition my assets more into multifamily. So that's what my wife and I have been doing over the last uh, year or so. So my philosophy on that really is I want to create as many sources of income I can so I can live off the passive investments, basically. That's kind of what that's kind of where I'm at. And I want to help other people be able to do that as well. Yeah, that's great. And would you share any of your one breakthrough moments in multifamily space? I think for me on the multifamily. So I'll probably share a couple. <laughs> one was my when somebody first reached out to me about syndications, um, maybe maybe three years ago, um, not even three years ago, I was, even though I was a real estate investor, I just never had heard of syndications in the real estate space. And I was kind of apprehensive of it. And I let that investment go by, that opportunity go by, because I needed to get educated and understand it. So, but that, that sparked the interest in me all the same. And I, I did get educated. I, I attended some virtual conferences. Um, I also listened to a lot of stuff in YouTube. And you really can get a lot of education in multifamily. I read some books as well. In fact, I even had a multifamily book that was written like in 2005 on my shelf. So I was kind of interested in it, but I just didn't understand syndications. And so my breakthrough was getting educated then and then doing my first, uh, investing in my first opportunity later on after that. And that opportunity now let two years later is now coming full cycle and they are selling that property and I'm getting those returns. So that just seeing that full cycle and, and getting those, that passive investment, um, as they stated are projected for the most part in the pro forma has been a really a good break- breakthrough for me on the active side. Cause I've also participated as a general partner, several uh, properties now just starting. I wasn't really ready for the first one I did. Um, and I raised, when I was raising capital and stuff, I felt like I didn't have the systems or the structure in place necessarily, but I went ahead and did it. And it really forced me to kind of get my act together or get my systems in place and talk about why this is a good thing to other people. So that that was another breakthrough for me was just getting over the hump on doing that the first time. Got it. And you you have uh, experience in both passive and the active side. So from passive side, like uh, based on your experience, what are the lessons you have learned and some uh, share me some best practices also? Yeah, we have to show you with one of those. So one of the first three investments I did, I wasn't quite as educated maybe as I thought I was. And I went ahead and did the investment. I liked the market for, for one thing. Um, I was comfortable with the operator and I was definitely comfortable with the person who was raising the capital. And I went ahead and invested in this. And in and they even said it wasn't necessarily about cash flow. It was more about uh, maybe where it was or the appreciation that was possible. But when I went back and looked at, I, I started doing some analysis of my investments about a year later. And I went back and looked at it and I'm like, wow, I don't know that I would have invested in this now because the, the cash flow just wasn't what I anticipated at the end. I kind of thought it was going to be like 7% and it ended up being like 3% for the first year or two. And I, so I, I thought from that perspective, I wouldn't have done it at all. But then guess where this was? Well, it was in Austin, Texas. It was, it closed in March of 2020. They got some concession for, from COVID. But also since March 2020, when we purchased this one, the um, Austin has exploded, as, as you, everybody in the multifamily space probably knows. 
And so that uh, investment actually is going to do very well on the appreciation side. Yes, yes. Yeah, great market. Yep. Uh, and uh, would you share any best practices from, from passive investing side? I, I think my my best practices, I had to, I'm a sense I'm an engineer and I like my spreadsheets. I basically had to organize. I like being organized. And I had to organize what my top 10 or 20 investment criteria were and put them in a spreadsheet so that I could compare each opportunity that that came to me, uh, whether I wanted to invest in it or not. And I did, you know, I did the stoplight chart and everything else. I had my own little measurement on what's a good deal and what's not a good deal, kind of. And so I, I would, I don't think everybody has to take that to the extreme. Some people don't learn that way, but I learned that way. And I, being organized is something that is very helpful for me. And so it's really helped me quickly go through an investment opportunity and decide if it's a good one for me or not. Got it. And now you're participating on GP side and you have previously experience in like managing construction projects and you have construction management experience. So how that background is helping into you know, GP side? Yeah. So it does help uh, because I'm familiar with walking properties so doing due diligence is nothing new to me. It's something very that I did a lot of in the military as well as at ExxonMobil. So that it just helps that when you go, I, I treat it when I go to, a, to an apartment, you're going as a facility manager inspection or you're kind of, or you're going as a, a leader and you're inspect, inspecting not only the buildings, but the grounds, the people, you're kind of, you want to know, you want to get a sense of, does the business plan work for what we think is going to work for this 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 uh, property when, when you're at due diligence? That's really what you're doing at due diligence. And so from that perspective, that trend, that project management, construction management has, has helped me decide, hey, is this one I really want to raise capital for or not? Because there was one I didn't, I was like, I wasn't sure about. So I, I let it pass uh, because I wasn't sure if it really would work or not. But I think the other part is just know, kind of knowing ballpark figures on whether, what, how much construction is really going to cost, how much you're going to really, how much a million dollars goes on a 300 unit apartment, whether you need a million dollars or whether you need $2 million to do some kind of turn, do a renovation to turn it as a value add strategy. That background in um, project management helps me with that. Got it. Yeah, got it. So any challenging experiences from GP side? You know, uh, there's there's always a challenge on GP side, I think. But I think generally it, it's something since I've gone through a lot of projects and a lot of projects teams and have lived in a lot of different locations, those things aren't you know, when you recognize that people aren't communicating or something, you kind of have to pick up the phone and, and help them communicate, I guess. And I think that's the that's what I try to do. Hopefully people will do that to me because sometimes I don't communicate either as well as maybe somebody might expect. So that part, that's the challenge is, is cutting through the red tape and talking to people. Yeah, that's great. And would you share any of your best multifamily investing experience, either passive or active? The best deal that I've been on, an opportunity? Yeah. Yes. Well, a lot of these are in the last two years. So I think, you know, it's hard to go wrong in the last two years. <laughs> so there have been yeah. a lot of winners. But yeah. um, I, the one that the first, very first one I did that's going to be sold here uh, in December is definitely a winner. 
I mean, it's it's gone up 30% in price overall value, I mean, and they're able to sell it and give us our returns pretty quickly. So I think that has to be the passive one I did. It was, it was really good. Uh, the, the, on the active side, I, I've only been involved in the last six months, so it's a little bit early to tell on those right now. Got it. Got it. Would you also share any of your worst or challenging experience in multifamily space? I think sometimes... The challenge I had really was understanding the operator. How comfortable can I get quickly with an operator on the passive side, especially? That's the challenge, I think, is with some of the, there's so many deals out there and so many people that are doing it and you want to get involved so quickly. You have to really understand the operator though. Is the operator capable and competent to do what they say they're going to do? And are they going to communicate as well? So I think that's the part that I, I try to focus on when I look at a passive investment as well. Great. Yeah. So what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Marshall? Well, I'm involved in several different deals right now as a, as a co-GP. I raise capital as well as provide risk, risk money uh, and KP. So I'm excited about all these deals. I, I think they all work really well. The I like the market of one of them in particular down in Florida. I think a lot of people are moving to Florida now, and it's just a it's just there's a lot of great markets in Florida, and because of the migration that way, uh, it, it makes it yeah exciting to see what's going to happen over the next few years. Great and good luck. And any one advice that have impact on you? Um, I think the advice I got. I mean. I do seek advice from a lot of different people. And I think that's one thing that I would do is reach out to others. And But I think the biggest is not to have limiting beliefs and to have that abundance mindset that other people are going to be there to help you and you can help other people. It, it does um, go well in this multifamily community. And so I would think... It, don't limit what you feel like you can do right now. Try to reach out and let other people in your network help you do even more than you think you can. Great, great. A- any books that impacted your life and what way? Well, yeah, you know, I have a, a couple books probably that um, I've read. I mean, in the multifamily space, I read Raising Capital for Real Estate by Hunter Thompson. And it, he does an excellent job of laying out uh, how to raise capital and maybe some tools and systems that you need in place to do that. And so I made a lot of, I marked up a lot of, uh, pages in that book and go back and look at it a lot. Uh, another one I really liked was, uh, tax free wealth by Tom Wilwright. And that's more about using real estate and other things like that or businesses to help you on to build wealth and not pay as many or limit your amount of taxes, you know, be smart about your taxes basically is what it is um, and build your wealth. Cool. And how are you giving back to community Marshall? So a lot of my colleagues, um, former military or, or still military, I do try to try to reach out to them and they reach out to me and I try to provide the knowledge and experience that I've, learned in multifamily investing so far. 
and try to help them understand it and participate in it as well. Great. And how can listeners can connect with you, Marshall? Yeah. So my uh, business is called Capitano Investing Group, and I have a website for that. They can always connect with me there, but also you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn as well. Cool. And thank you, Marshall. Thanks for sharing your experience on LP and GP side. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you, Rama. Appreciate you having me. It was terrific uh, to talk to you again tonight. Sure. The multifamily AP360 virtual summit is bringing together today's leading multifamily investors, professionals, and operators for two days of learning and networking on March 18-19 of 2022. Tickets are available at multifamilyap360.com. I hope to see you there. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.